Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Deacon Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachelke. What's up, TP? How you living, man? Excited to get this episode started after all this craziness in the NBA. Yeah, no, uh, the NBA trade deadline has come and gone. But before we start, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. Don't forget to rate and review us as well. We have a great episode for you all tonight. We are obviously going to recap Super Bowl 53 as, once again, the Patriots reign supreme over the NFL. We're also going to go back and forth in the first off-season edition of the two-minute drill as I have three questions for Tyler and he has three questions for me. And then to close the show, we have the starting five where it's more of a trade deadline recap uh, segment, but we also got a few other topics we wanted to to discuss. Um, But first, we'll just get right into it with Super Bowl 53. Obviously, uh, Super Bowl Sunday was a complete dud for the city of Los Angeles. For most people, I think it was pretty, uh, you know, most people hate the Patriots. Yes. Most people, I think, thought it was a boring game. Um, kind of lacked entertainment value and the result that I think America wanted. Well, for a NFL season that was so high scoring, so had so many fireworks, so many different uh, shootouts, and so many uh, historic record-breaking games, with so many high-powered offenses this season, I don't think we were looking for a 13-3 to final score. It just didn't really uh, show what the regular season was about the whole year. No, not it at all. It didn't capture the essence of the season uh, in the slightest. You kind of thought it was going to be more of like that that uh, Rams-Chiefs game. Yeah, I mean, look, looking at the stats uh, – Tom Brady, obviously, 21 of 35. He threw for 262 yards, which is pretty pretty solid yeah, day for I mean, he day's kinda, work for Tom Brady. I think he kind of played down the middle. Um, I don't think he – No, he didn't have a bad game. He didn't have an overly great game. Yeah, he didn't. I don't think he necessarily did anything to help them help them win. Uh, I yeah. mean, obviously, he did do something to help them win. <laughs> he did he a lot. He ran the offense, but not in the sense that, like, his performance he – was the He was not the end-all, be-all. Yeah, it wasn't his performance that necessarily carried them through it. No, I mean uh, – But it's also not the reason why they struggled. Uh, he did. I mean, he did have the early pick, but after you know, it was just kind of a down the middle game for him. Yeah, I mean, the the real bright spot obviously was MVP Julian Edelman yep. uh, on the offensive end for the New England Patriots. Yep. Ten receptions, 141 yards. Yeah. Didn't have a touchdown. Um, that, nah, but it doesn't matter. It. No one cared. I mean, no one. I mean, only one guy had a touchdown. So yeah, and if it was a game where there were some points on the board, that'd be a little more weird, but. Only one touchdown scored, so only one guy got the save on the end zone. Yeah, and now with the game not being as offensive of uh, a game as uh, people thought it was going to be, and even though Julian Edelman did have over 140 receiving yards, 
uh, and he was named Super Bowl MVP. Some people thought that uh, the hero of the defense, uh, Stephen Gilmore, who uh, had yeah. the forced fumble, <laughs> yep. and then also the game-saving interception, really. Yeah, uh, no, and that's that's a good that's a good case, but. St- but uh, should yeah, so should Stephen Gilmore been the MVP uh, instead of I, Julian Edelman? No, I don't believe so. I think just because of how the game went offensively, Julian Edelman was basically the only player on the field for either team getting chunk plays. He was the only one getting open. He was the only one making plays on offense for either team. It seemed like yeah. Um, I think he just had a bigger imprint on the game. Although Stephen Gilmore's plays mean more like as an individual play. Uh, in a game where you only needed one touchdown, you only needed like these small, this small difference on offense to win it. You know, I think Julian Edelman put them ahead. And on defense, to give it to a defensive player, the only re- guys that have gotten that in the past are guys that make like touchdowns uh, or or big time like just like game changing plays. Yeah. And because of the score at the time, the the play didn't feel as game-changing as others they were big plays a pick's always a big play it's not that it wasn't a big play but it doesn't everyone was one touchdown away you know what I mean the Rams were in it the whole game because it was one score game yeah no it was it was whoever scores a touchdown is going to take a big leap here you know what I mean it doesn't feel like either team wants it at all um, other than you know I guess the defense yeah Um, so I mean speaking of not wanting it at all it it really looked like the Rams just did not come to play at all. Who someone uh, uh, the com- oh a comedian Little Duvall. Oh jeez, I don't know if you're. Uh, oh, I'm 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 a fan or not. I mean, well, he was just making jokes all leading up into the Super Bowl. It's pretty funny about how the Rams' uh, stories were lit, like their IG and their Twitter uh, stories were just lit, and uh, the, he didn't see shit from the Patriots, and so all of his money was on the Patriots because he thought the Rams were like they were there they were like in awe listen it's you know what I mean where the Patriots this was a fucking business trip there's a reason this was the Patriots eighth Super Bowl appearance or yeah eighth Super Bowl appearance in 18 years yeah no I mean I think the better team lost I think on paper and in the regular season Rams were the better team yeah but everyone knew that because of the moment, because of who Bra- who is on the no, other you side. No, not, you can't count them out. Um, that's why they won. They, it really was like, I think it was the, the defensive uh, game plans from Bill Belichick and uh, Wade Phillips were both like perfect, spot on. They, oh, both, the, they de- both crushed their defensive game plan. Both was, defenses had outstanding days. It just came down to little, little things. You it, know what oh, I mean? No, and and the fact that the Rams couldn't score, I think – also, you know, McVay, I think, is overthinking stuff at, yeah, at no, this that's, point. That's exactly what with it came Gurley, down to. You know what I mean? With Gurley, Gurley was probably – Yeah, what's going on with that? What do you C- think is – CJ so, – well, I, th- I think I, – I mean, I feel like I know what was happening. Well, is CJ was playing – I would love to hear that. CJ played great the last three games, which was nice, mm-hmm. running super hard. And then Gurley obviously has not been healthy. He's obviously not 100%. You do not – no one in the Rams organization would have let that happen if he was healthy. It, even in the previous game, uh, yeah. like the AFC, the NFC Championship leading into the Super Bowl, he, you know, this was still the case. I just think in practice he wasn't healthy. What I think happened now, and so game plan was he had a limited touches, probably splitting it with CJ, probably close to 50-50. Uh, that was the game plan. 
10 and, to se- 10 carries to 7 carries. What? Who? Todd Gurley, 10, CJ, 7. Yeah, and I think what happened was he was playing so good. Gurley, Gurley was actually, I thought, had a couple big chunk plays. I think one got called back. His longest but, run was like 16 yards. But he looked good. They were ch- And that's a chunk play. You know, that's a good, that's a good play. I um, mean, he looked good running the ball. Um, but Sean McVay probably overthought it. You know, they, hey, Gurley wasn't healthy in practice. Like, the game plan coming in was 50-50. And then he, you know, he looks good when he's running the ball. One of his big runs gets called back. He starts, you know, I think there's some overthinking going on there with the running back scenario. Yeah, and then I mean the offensive. I think in the Super Bowl, I don't care if he's injured or not. When you got someone like Gurley, I think you let him. You, yeah, you got you play let him. him play his way out of that. You know what I mean? If if you start him and you you play him, and if he play, playing bad, that's when you take him out. Yeah, and then the offensive line for the Rams had an awful day. They gave up four sacks, and that goes back to you know the Billichek, uh great game plan coming yeah. in. But when I when I knew it was over was when I saw Jared Goff go on that run, and he decided not to get rid of the ball, no, got, and he almost got his head taken off on the Patriots sideline. And then none of the Rams came running over to either a come help their quarterback get up, and b start some shit with the Patriots because they just almost took their quarterback's head off. That's a very good observation score. I didn't, I didn't catch that, and so that's, that's your home team. You should it, notice shit like that. I just, no, I, just, I mean that's a good one because, I mean, almost I gotta say thirty because out of thirty-two lines <laughs> are gonna get up and punk somebody if, if their quarterback. If I'm on that like offensive that. line and my quarterback almost gets yeah. his head taken no, off, I'm coming straight for whoever that was. No, that does that says a lot. There's a there's a lot to uh, kind of pick away, you know break that that moment down yeah so when i when i saw that when i saw that i knew the rams just didn't have the fight to to be able to get it done um the only bright side for me as far as the super bowl because i made another bet with my buddy nick smith who is a patriots and boston lover yeah uh so i got to wear a patriots jersey in my profile picture for a month again yes so i now got to do do red Sox for a month and then patriots for a month dang so uh, I'm screwed there, but the only bright yeah. side was I won the second quarter uh, LeBron for upset, squares. LeBron upsets the Warriors. We play Boston in the finals, oh, and the Celtics make it a Boston three-peat on L.A. for pro sports. <laughs> well, I already have a bet. That'd be the greatest fucking sports line of all time. I already have a bet. If, if it went Dodgers go down to the Sox, Rams go down to the Patriots and Lake Show or the Clippers go down. No, don't even put the Clippers in this. Lake Show or the Clippers go don't down. Don't put to the Boston. Clippers in this. That'd be great. If that were to happen. Fuck, the Clippers got more I think the Clippers got more stands with LA than, than no. the Rams do. Oh no. Yeah. No, they don't. Sorry, bud. <laughs> but you know, no, I already when, have I already have when, a, the, when when the <laughs> When the Rams lost the Super Bowl, we're sitting here joking around about it. When the Dodgers lost the Super Bowl, you were damn near in tears. <laughs> all right, there's a difference. Listen, no, that it. I think I think the reason for that is the Rams are they weren't supposed to be in the Super Bowl this year. Well, and you're just not. A, I mean, it's it's gonna come. There's gonna be a point where it is like that for the Rams with you. I but mean, like, it was. You're, you're I was. Fair, a, you're not. You know, you've gotten way more into football than you have in the past. Yes. LA just got a team, so it's just like it's pretty brand new. Like it'll be like similar to when you know, like a hockey team comes to Seattle. Well, gonna, yeah, that'll be, be something new for me to dive into. So like, kind of that relationship's growing. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. 
Oh, so yeah, no. Like I was saying, the bright side was is I won the second quarter squares, so I doubled the money that I put into the pot. I plus, lost plus a couple bucks. I lost every fantasy bet that I made. Oh no. On uh. Oh no. On Super Bowl Sunday, but you that know sucks. whatever. Tom took it home. I was, I was happy. Yeah. So, uh, I guess it's on to next season now. Yeah. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. It was uh is a huge off season pretty, coming up. Pretty exciting football season, pretty anticlimactic Super Bowl. There were some good plays, um, but ultimately I think the Super Bowls have been great within the last ten years, so there was yeah. a lot there's a lot high standards. Lowest scoring Super Bowl of all time and the highest scoring era of all time. Just pretty nuts. Yeah, I mean hats off to I think hats off to Wade Phillips and uh and Bill Belichick. They yeah. Knew, they knew what they're doing. Yeah. So, all right. We're going to move on to the first edition or the first off-season edition of the two-minute drill. And I got three questions for Tyler. He's got three for me, all revolving around football. And uh, mm-hmm. my first question is pretty timely, and it, it goes into a little bit of the discussion that uh, we just had. Uh, and it's about Julian Edelman. Is yeah. he, Is he a Hall of Famer? Oh boy, that's a toughie. I mean, he's right on the he's right on there where it's like if he got enshrined, I probably wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. He's kind of like you know he's kind of like uh, I guess yeah I would put him in the Hall of Fame for sure. Okay, uh, getting the Super Bowl uh, MVP already has three rings. He's got three rings now. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Because I, I was just about to say I think his doppelganger. <laughs> um, as far as like historic players go, and I'm pretty sure this guy's in the Hall of Fame is Teddy Bruschi. I think he's what? Kind of, well. I think he's kind of like the you know the the Teddy Bruschi of this team as far as just like he's not like overly talented. He's not the best player on the team, but he's definitely a captain. He's definitely one of the leadership guys. He's got a ton. He is not like Teddy Bruschi, Julian Edelman are not as, as talented as the guys in the Hall of Fame, or most of the guys in the Hall of Fame. Okay, you know All what right. I mean? They're not. They were not. It's not Ray Lewis, Brian Erlach, or Randy Moss, Jerry Rice. It's not the you know, but they are great in their own regards. That's more what I mean. Like this, like little run with Brady, he's kind of like that version. They had that you know, Teddy Bruschi was just like that captain, okay, kind of underdog, chip on your shoulder type of player. All right, all right, yeah. I mean, I'd I'd probably put him in. Be, I think, I based think off of in. based off of his postseason accolades because those are the games that matter. He's second all time in catches behind Jerry. Yeah, and put in postseason catches. Yeah, in postseason uh, catches, he, he, he's second all time uh, to Jerry Rice. But so. listen, those are those are the games that matter, and no, and people remember yeah. the champions. People especially don't remember, in football, especially in football. I mean, the way that the NFL set up, it's it's not set up for people to win it every year. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a one game playoff. The a seven game series kind of gives you, you know that that lets the cream rise to the top. You know, the best team normally. I think almost always wins a seven game series. So in a one game matchup, you know, the best team doesn't always win. You got to, it's the clutch team. Um, and that, that definitely can ride you into the hall of fame in football. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, just kind of staying, I get, I, you know, it's too bad that we're staying with the squad, but do we see Rob Gronkowski play, uh, another football game? No, not a chance. Yeah, I hope not. No, I, he's riding off into the sunset, a champion as he should. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to say I hope he doesn't, just because I know he takes. He's I know he takes such a physical beating 
Um, you know, and came people, up, he came up limping in the Super Bowl. And his, uh, you know, his role in the team is so much more than people realize because of how physical he is. He gets double teamed every play. He is what sets the everything up. He's the center of the offense, and everything breaks off. If you don't double team him, they throw it to him. And now, once you've double teamed him, now now the chip, chips start to fall. Yeah. Now their offense, you know, people are open underneath. People are open over the over the top of him. Uh, he he does he does so much in the blocking game. Uh, I think he's just beat up. He's had a great career. He should. Uh, sh- I, I agree with you. He should walk it off. Uh, he's Elway, Jerome Bettis, Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis walking off a chain. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. God damn. Yeah. See, he should do it, man. It'd be that's a squad. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a, yeah. That's a great list of guys to be on. Um, so yeah. No, I, I I agree with you. I don't think we see him play. Even no, I mean it, he came up. Got to be hard. Not he to. came up limping in the Super Bowl, and in his head, he was probably like, "God, thank God, this is my last game." Yeah, I just think he's accomplished so much. He doesn't have anything left to really prove. I mean, I think it's no. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. I think it's him and, and Tony Gonzalez are the, the two bad. The only reason you got no argument from me. I think the only reason why Rob is not number one is just because Tony had so much longevity. Yeah, I think one-on-one, Rob is the is the best tight end ever. Um, but him, I can't. I no, can't Rob ever, Rob Gronkowski is unguardable. I have to I have to throw in Tony G when I talk about the greatest to ever play the position. I mean, for me, it would probably be Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Gates. Yeah, and and Gates still was just like a you know, and Gates is like a tier below even both Rob Gronkowski yeah, and he's like half of those and guys Gonzalez. Those guys were just so much more physical than he was. Yeah, but all right, my second question is. And we've talked about this a bunch already, but we'll talk about it a little more now that some something has changed in this situation. But the Eagles picked up the $20 million option yeah. on quarterback Nick Foles. Yep. There, there's obviously a market for the Super Bowl MVP, and now there's reports coming out of Philadelphia that Carson Wentz has been a problem in the, lo- in the locker room. Uh, there's reports that he's selfish and all this stuff. So what – are the Eagles going to do at quarterback next year? First of all, I think they're smart for keeping two quarterbacks. Um, it worked out in their favor this year, so I don't see why they shouldn't and, keep. And it worked out in their favor the year before. <laughs> um, so in that regards, I think what they're doing is they're playing it safe. He's a he's a he's a big time trading chip, and he's a great backup quarterback. He's a, so, yeah, he's a huge piece of leverage. Um, they it, ha- they it's have. A, it's a lot of money, so it's tough. But Carson Wentz is still on his rookie. He's still contract. on his rookie deal. So it gives you a little fl- a little more flexibility than you would normally have in this situation. And then um, to address your second point, I just don't really believe – I just don't believe that. I don't believe – You Carson don't believe Wentz. Carson Wentz is a problem? No, I don't. I, I mean, I think you got to filter out a lot of the shit that you hear, you know what I mean? And, and I just think just the kind of kid he is, where he's from, I just don't see him going into Philadelphia being a selfish guy, being a problem in the locker room. Um Maybe he has one practice where he's frustrated because he's got a good backup quarterback playing with him, so he's got to compete. But it's like nothing more than that. You know, at the end of the day, I don't think he's a problem. I don't think his teammates think he's a problem. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. I think that's kind of a facade they want us to – okay, so my my we're, we're on to my next question then? Yeah. Um, since this question last year was a fucking hit, and, <laughs> and I'm glad that we talked about it. Uh, who wins MVP next year? Oh. 
<laughs> you just want to have another moment for you to call your shot and just be right. I well, no, I mean I want to know. I want who who do we got? Who are the who are the names out there? Well, give uh, me some and like last year, give me some of the names that aren't don't want to hear Rogers or or Brate. You know, like give me something good. Okay, I'm gonna say Le'Veon Bell is a dark horse for MVP because he's coming out with vengeance. Because yeah. he missed an entire year this year. And yeah. whatever team he goes to, it'll he's going to want to prove a point. And he'll probably have fresh legs and he's young as fuck. Yeah. He's going to want to prove a point. So, Le'Veon Bell is my dark horse. That's a good one. That's a good one. Obviously, I'm putting your boy Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. The basketball star. Yeah, man. Damn. He looked <laughs> fucking good playing ball. I was like, fuck. And then, appa- so, apparently, one of the ESPN shows had uh, the or it was a Kansas City show that had the Kansas City GM on, and he was like, yeah, as soon as I saw that video, within two seconds I was on the phone with his agent saying, like, no, you got to shut that down. Fucking haters, man. This kid's an athlete. Yeah. Let him roll. Anyway, so, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go Andrew Luck. He'll go from comeback player of the year to MVP. Andrew Luck is a a good one. He's he's on my watch list. Um, Saquon? Nah, no, no. He's they're a, not gonna give the they're not gonna give the MVP to the running back unless they break the record. Well, I mean, I think uh, you just said you spit out Le'Veon Bell. So I thought I think I think Saquon's listen, the biggest Le'Veon Bell is more than just a running back outside of a quarterback. Le'Veon Bell is more than just a running back. Uh, I don't know if you watched Saquon play, <laughs> but the kid had like no, the kid's a stud. He had like ninety-one catches this year. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think. I don't have like I didn't have a guy like lined up that is like my Patrick Mahomes this year. I also said Le'Veon was a dark horse. So I, w- I, w- I wish I had a guy, but uh, Sa- Saquon was like my guy that I think outside of a quarterback. Luck's another guy that was on my short list that I think could definitely bring it home. Russell I think is like a dark horse. Uh, no, for stop. Seattle. Just because of his usage, he just does so much for the team. That's a homer pick. If I've ever heard one. Well, I mean, that's that's not a bad one. At least, at least <laughs> I'm not throwing out some fucking Jimbo. You know what I mean? We're not we're not throwing out Josh Rosen and Ryan Tannehill and you know people like that. At no, least we, no, at least, no. At least we have some. If we, we can if throw we were out throwing there. out those names for MVP next year, we should stop doing a podcast. Well, you got the hometown fans, man. <laughs> you can't call mine necessarily a homer pick. Is what I'm saying. Okay. He's legitimate. only only because he has a resume. He's a legitimate threat. Like I said, he's not just a hometown pick. All right. My last question. Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor was hired as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. So this means that Jared Goff will now have his fourth quarterback coach in four years. Yep. Is this a big deal or not because of Sean McVay and his role as the play caller? Yeah, it's not a, it's not a big deal. Okay. Because, right. uh, yeah, for sure. It's all, it's all about the play call. It's all about McVay. It's it's way harder to adjust to a play caller than anything else. Okay. Um, all right. Basically, position coaches, I mean, are guys that are just like motivators. You know, they're, obviously there's points where they're doing some coaching, but for the most part, they're just – they're observing – um, they're watching you. They're just giving you notes. They're a guy that's respected. They're in the film room with you. They'll ask you what you're seeing, and you know they'll tell them what they're seeing. There's not a ton of responsibility for these position coaches. I'm not trying to undermine <laughs> position coaches, but they're more they're motivators, observers. Yeah, more of like a a, a, a mediator between a head a liaison. coach and a and a player. You know? Okay, all right. So no, I don't think it's a big deal at all. 
Okay. I mean, when you hear when you hear that a quarterback is going to have his fourth quarterback coach in four years, that's, that's just, a little that's, worrisome. But but it's like you know that's uh, that's that position like in a corporation that you you're there for a little bit and you move up. Yeah. That's what it, it's either you either you become that that guy and then you move up or you probably go out. You know that's that's what the position is. I'm sure that the you know teams are trading you know position coaches constantly. I yeah. mean, most coordinators are only with teams like two, three years. Yeah. All right. Because if you're good at your job, you move up. If you're not, you kind of move out. You know, there's that's very fair few, enough. very few careers. The, the NFL, the NFL is a very, very much a "What have you done for me lately?" Oh, league. Yeah, absolutely. Every one week at a time. Yeah. All right. What's your last question? All right. So, um, my last question is in the head coaching realm as well. There's eight uh, new head coaches, which. To me, it seems like that's got to be above average. Um, that's a that's. It's definitely a lot of movement. I mean, that's a quarter of the league, right? That's, yeah, that's like that's pretty crazy. So, um, which head coach of the eight uh, do you think is going to have the most wins next year? Can you, you got, run, can you run? Yep, me? you got uh, you got Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland, uh, okay. Adam Gase in in the in New York, Vic Fangio in Denver, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, like we just talked about. Okay. Matt LaFleur going to Green Bay, Kingsbury in Arizona, Brian Flores to Miami, which is probably the, the craziest hire of them all. Yeah. And Bruce Arians to Tampa Bay. So I think there's a lot of good setups for some wins here. Okay. I mean, obviously Green Bay is going to yeah, you know, so be in the mix. Th- okay, so my top three would be, and in, in, no, in no particular order, this top three would be the Packers – the Browns and the Buccaneers and the Browns got it in and the Browns got the team set up. Well, so I think it's on like Freddie kitchen. No, it's all on Freddie kitchen. That's what I mean. He's got no excuses. This is not, it's all on Freddie kitchen. This is not a Cleveland Brown hire of five, 10 years ago. This is a, they're ready to go. Right there. And uh, to me, I think Bruce Arians is actually the best coach. Exactly. In the mix. What I think that I like, I don't really like Tampa Bay's um, roster. But B.A. is a is a defensive minded guy. He's a, he's kind of a football genius. But what I will say about the Buccaneers roster is they have a lot of veterans in that core group, both on defense and on offense, have been together for some time. Yeah. And Bruce Arians, yeah. is, Bruce Arians is the kind of coach he's been in the league. He's been a head coach before. Yeah. He yeah. knows how to win. It's like he. I feel like he will be able to somehow get the Bucks to win a few more games. Yeah, I mean, I think he turned around that Arizona def- that that Arizona defense. Um, Arizona. Arizona had the best that, defense oh, in the league for two years straight. Yeah, always known as an offensive team, and and he came out and put together one of the craziest defenses. Um, really, you know, brought in the lighter bodies, the faster defense. Um, so he's an interesting one to me to get the most wins. But uh, the other one that I think is like you know, like you said, Cleveland. I like the three you said actually: Cleveland, Green Bay, and Tampa. But the other one is is Vic Fangio in Denver. I think he's the oldest first-year head coach ever. Mm. Um, he's he's been a career defensive coordinator for 25 plus years. Um, hiring a career defensive coordinator to to coach in Denver, I think if they get any sort of production out of the quarterback position, him having all those weapons like Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller on defense, it's gonna be it's gonna be scary. They're gonna be good. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps up the two-minute drill. Um, and from football now to the craziness that was the NBA tra- trade deadline that ended today, uh, we're going to start uh, 
I guess we'll just start with Anthony Davis not getting traded. First off, we'll start with the player that didn't get traded, yep. and then we'll talk about everybody that did get traded. But um, basically, with Anthony Davis, the Lakers pulled out of talk like negotiations with the Pelicans because it was obvious that they were negotiating against themselves. Like they were the only team calling the Pelicans trying to make an offer on Anthony Davis. And on Tuesday, on the jump, Rachel Nichols said that Monday, as of like Monday night of this week, the last offer that the Lakers offered the Pelicans was Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope, two first-round picks, two future first-round picks, and then they added on Josh Hart and Avica Zubots, and that's like the godfather offer that no, Magic Johnson but, gave to the Pelicans, and they still what said that no. is is a fucking thirty for thirty waiting to happen okay. about the great trade robbery. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's. But like, I mean, and it was basically like a group of eight or nine Lakers that kept getting mixed up. Yeah, it kind of revolved around Bi Lonzo and Kuz. Well, yeah, the and core. Then there was three or four other guys. There was like you know a group of like six or seven guys that kept getting thrown in the mix. Um, but I mean, I'm glad we didn't fucking. I'm glad we didn't do this. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy that our team's the same. I think that well, it's some, not the same, and we'll get to that in a little bit. No, well, the young core is still there. Yeah. I guess the the guys that I wanted to be there. Still yeah, be. yeah. The the thing is, um, the thing I do buy a little bit is the whole notion of, you know, the Pelicans never really having any. Oh. I completely believe that conspiracy theory that the Pelicans were not going to say yes to anything the Lakers offered. They basically were trying to disrupt the Lakers. It was a disgusting act of collusion on multiple teams' parts. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, they got played big time. Oh, the Lakers. The Lakers just showed how – I mean, it's just a bad look to, like, throw up your whole team for one guy and you don't get the guy and you have these – it reminds me of what they used to do to Powell every single, oh, every trade deadline, every offseason. Powell, Powell and Lamar went through some well, shit. I mean, they traded those motherfuckers, <laughs> and, and, it, and it had to come back. Like, you know, this is it like, was bad. this is the only thing I really don't like about the Lakers franchise is stuff like this. this well, here's like, the problem. This is all LeBron's fault. No, I can't. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say it's all LeBron's fault. I think it's it's – largely uh, <laughs> Magic Johnson. No. Yeah. I can't put this largely so. on Magic. I think it's more on Magic than anybody else. Well, I th- I'm I c- you cannot put LeBron over Magic or Polinka. I just don't think you Why? can. Why why can't I do that when LeBron has an investment in Anthony Davis's agents? Because because like because agency. they don't have to give a fuck. You know what I mean? Magic and Polinka don't have to put that into account. That means nothing to them. They have LeBron they have him under contract. They don't have to care about, oh, he's got this agent, this agent. You know what I mean? Like, they, they shouldn't have to. If they fall for that kind of shit, then it's their fault. But that's the type They're of They're the sh- only ones that have the power to pull off the trade. You know what I mean? I, I think a lo- it, you, can't, you can't blame the kid. You know, you, you blame the, co- the coach. You know what I mean? I don't know. You It's just it's, it, not their it's, fault. A, it's a really shitty situation for the Lakers to be in because they look like fools. Yeah, I mean, I think they do, for sure. They just try to trade away their whole team, and now they have to roll with them. Um, luckily, I think the, the only good thing is, is, A, I think the Lakers have a talented roster, so I do think they're going to get into the playoffs. No, they'll still make the playoffs. And, B, I think the kids are close enough together 
um, that they will kind of like group group themselves as a unit and not like not like it's not going to be some split weird awkwardness because they were all involved. Well, to be perfect, to be perfectly honest, I think like obviously obviously it had an imp- like all the rumors and stuff and how it all played out in the media had an effect on the court because the Lakers lost by 42 to the Pacers. Oh, 100%. But I think that game is honestly an anomaly because now that it is over and the trade do- trade deadline has passed, I think they will be able to come together and everything will be fine. Well, they have to. And, and Well, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, they have no choice. And, yeah. And um watch out for that Pelicans game, you know. Oh, I, it's going to be I hope that the young kids step up and they and they and they Oh, I think they I think they have it circled. I hope, I hope you know, like LeBron's going to do what LeBron does, whatever. He's not going to be has the same motivation. But if I'm Rondo, if I'm Lance, if I'm uh, if I'm Josh Hart, Lonzo, B.I., Kuz, and I'm playing the Pelicans, I'm just, like, licking my chops, and we just have to eat these guys. I mean, we yeah. have to get our 30, 40-point win back. You exactly, know what I mean? exactly. Uh, so that's going to be something I'm definitely looking forward to as far as the Lakers. But ultimately, I'm happy with the after um, – for since we're going to get into the outside of the ant stuff now. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with how the Lakers handled the trade deadline. Yeah. So we'll outside go, of, we'll, outside of all the facade bullshit. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go over the Lakers trades first real quick. Uh, so back uh, on, I guess it was Tuesday, the day we were supposed to record. Yeah. The fifth on the fifth, yep. the Lakers traded Svi, Svi Makai Luke to the Pistons yeah. uh, as well as a second ra- future second round pick. Uh, to the Pistons for Reggie Bullock, who's a six-seven wing, yep. uh, can shoot the ball, automatically becomes our second best three-point shooter. Tar Hill, my dog. I was gonna let you say it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He went to North Carolina. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's I, I I like the trade. I like this trade. Obviously, I've seen a lot. I've seen Reggie play since he was eighteen. I'm a big fan of him. Um. I did like Spee as well. Yeah, uh, it's just, good. I think this was a good trade for both teams. I think uh, Reggie wanted to to play with someone trying to like make a run at it, you know, play on a, more of a I guess contender. Yeah, uh, and and you know I think the Pistons are trying to get younger. We you know they got it's kind of a wash you know talent wise. It's like yeah, the only thing the only thing about Svi is he just can't contribute at the NBA level on a consistent basis yet. The thing is, is Svi's played like forty games this year. I mean, he gets in. No, he's played a, a he, decent amount. He gets in. He's been in twice as much as Wagner. Um, I think Svi's all right. They basically, you know, they're the same kind of player. I think Svi's just on the way up, and Reggie's like polished right now. You know, he's ready to go. Yeah. So Reggie can contrib- contribute off the bench like instantly. Yeah. So I li- I mean I like that one. Yeah. Um and then the, the other one. The other trade uh it's the first trade between these two teams since 1983. That's not I mean. Well, the that trade was for Norm Nixon for Byron Scott. Oh, there we go. And it was the Clippers trading Mike Muscala who they acquired in a previous trade that happened uh yesterday which we'll talk about a little bit later because that's a much bigger trade yeah. that has much bigger implications on the East Coast than it does the West Coast. Uh, but the Clippers traded Mike Muscala to, across the hall to the Lakers uh, for Michael Beasley and 21-year-old center Vitsa Zubats. Yeah, I, did, I hate this one. <laughs> but I guess this <laughs> one's just set, more set up for next year, right? It's well, Zubats, Zubats is a free agent at the end of this year, so and he likely wasn't in the future yeah, plan. Yeah, so yeah. we weren't going to re-sign him. 
Uh, and then obviously Michael Beasley was a part of that whole locker room explosion that happened a couple nights ago. Yeah, and as much as I love Bees and I hate to see him go, that's not really. It's not what you want. I, I hate to see both these guys go, but I never thought these guys were like lifetime Lakers. Yeah, no, I didn't either. But I mean, Avita Zubats has he was the longest tenured Laker uh, before getting traded yeah. to the Clippers. <laughs> Damn, that's fucking wild. So now Brandon Ingram is the longest tenured Laker. Yeah, but um, but I mean Mike Muscala, he's a stretch five. He can shoot a decent. He's, he's been playing a lot this he, year, and he's been playing pretty well. Yeah, on open on open threes and alongside big guy. I mean, he's been playing a lot, big guy uh, Joel Embiid. He's <laughs> yeah. been playing alongside Joel Embiid, which makes me think he's a pretty versatile player because he's yeah. huge. Yeah. So he, I mean, this is. The kind of stretch five I think the Lakers were more looking to have with the type of offense they want to run. Well, now it's just nice because, um, A, you're set up for injury at center because you got three guys. Now. And Wagner can somewhat play center. Yeah, and I'm not even counting him. So exactly. So it's like I got three guys I know can play center. And then once you get into the playoffs and you get into these seven-game series, uh, matchups become you know very important. And, you know, well, one, one game you're going to need Tyson, and one game you're going to need a guy like Mascala. And know, then one I, game you're going to need someone like JaVale. And I think JaVale will be there as a as a solid centerpiece to start um, consistently. And, and Yeah, but those special between, lineups are yeah, going to be exactly. more Tyson and be, Muscala. Between those three, they have, they have a good two any way they put it. And then really what the big deal is with this trade is it's a two-for-one, so the Lakers have an open roster spot now. Yes, sir. And we know where that's going. It's it's not. Please don't I put don't, that out in the I, universe. I just don't even think it's a question anymore. God now, damn unfortunately. it! Like, I used to I used to like dread stuff in the NBA that I didn't want to happen. And as as I get older now, I'm just like, oh, this is what's fucking happening. Carmelo's coming to LA. <laughs> that's how it's gonna go down. I, I really, wish it, I wish it was for Jr. You know who's but I wish I wish that's what it was, but it's not. <laughs> Like I said, I'm just I'm not even gonna get my hopes up. Well, here's the I thing: think we're gonna bring in Mello. Here's the thing: the buyout market is gonna be huge the next seven to ten days, uh, with all of these trades going on. Uh, a lot of a lot of moving pieces uh, throughout the league, and a lot of a lot of players looking to get bought out and go to contenders for There's, the playoff push. You can go, you know, you can get you can get a score off the bench, go with the Leangelo Ball. No, okay, no, no, we're not <laughs> stop. I know uh, I know Lavar did a press run the last couple of days, yeah, but no, we don't need to know that. He's been rolling. Um, he went off this morning. Uh, yeah, he did. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. But all right, I mean that that's pretty much everything that involves the Lakers as far as the trade deadline. Yeah, no, I mean that uh, it's not, it wasn't wasn't the worst. Uh, I'm I'm happy with it. It wasn't the I'm worst. It, we didn't get it wasn't the worst, but it could have been so much better. Yeah, we got we got we got two guys. We got rid of three. I mean, listen, my initial my initial reaction to the Muscala trade was we went all, through all that bullshit for the past week, and we ended up with Mike Muscala. And, well, and Reggie Bullock. Well, here here's what I I mean. I think it was like. You know, the minor tweaks that they wanted to do. They had the core in the draft. They tried to pick up the shooting. I don't think Svi and Mo Wagner were quite as ready as maybe they wanted them. So well, now they now they now they get a Reggie Bullock and a Mike Muscala who can both shoot the ball. Yeah, but the and and the other free agent moves that they made obviously didn't haven't worked out as well as they would have liked. I think Well Rondo only due to health. I think Rondo due to health. JaVale's played good. 
Lance has played good. But Beasley. Beasley, I think Beasley, yeah, I'll give you that one. They wanted him to I think he was set to he was kind of doomed from the beginning though, trying to play him as a backup five. Well, yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. Um, and then it's like, you know, after that, he just was the odd man out in the forward game. There's just too many forwards for the Lakers. So he was more – Beasley was more just insurance for injury. But, uh, you know, like I said, I hate to see – I hate to see Beasley go. I hate to see Svee and Zubac. Well, they didn't, go, like all, they didn't go too far. They just went down the hall. Yeah, I like all three of those guys, but I like uh, I like the two that we got. You, and, know, you know what's crazy? And to add, to add in a buyout player with, the, with a Muscala and a Bullocks, it's probably going to – be a nice little three-headed monster you know what's crazy is it, i saw on twitter like during the whole like madness of the the trade going down with beasley and zubats is uh the the clippers and lakers are were in boston to to play the celtics and i think they overlapped at the hotel for a certain amount of time today yeah. so it's like if the trade went down in time i think zubats and beasley just left with the clippers from yeah. boston that's a cold cold <laughs> cold cold truth of, of pro sports i guess well yeah there there was there's a few of those that we we can discuss uh coming up they did my boy dirty yeah but the first trade we're going to talk about uh and we announced it last week uh when we talked on friday on the show but the chris Stapps porzingis trade to dallas yep. uh chris Stapps, tim hardaway jr Courtney Lee and Trey Burke to the Mavericks for Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews, who's already been bought out by the Knicks and is signing with the Pacers. Uh, DeAndre Jordan and two future first-round picks. Nice. Wes Matthews is going to fill in for Vic. Yeah. Not too bad. Well, Wes Matthews, I think, was rumored to maybe be uh, I'd buy the Lakers. I thought he was going to end up going to Philly, but Philly got some different guys. Yeah, Philly got a few other guys, but um, – I mean, we, we kind of dissected the trade uh, on the last episode or two episodes ago, technically. Um, but we didn't really discuss what this means for, like, Luca and Chris Stapps and the future because I, I think they could be one of the most dynamic duos the league has ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It, if Porzingis is healthy and can come back and be the Porzingis that we knew when he was healthy. I definitely like where Mark Cuban's head's at because he's been quoted to say that he regrets breaking up Nash and, and Dirk, and yeah. he's not going to let this happen. And uh, well, it just, it's just a perfect place, you know. Luca got his whole starting five traded. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a wild one. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> That's how good he is, though. I mean, he's he's a stud. This kid's a beast. He's uh, he's one of the he's one of the four. Uh, you know, I thought there was four uh, future MVPs, possibly four future MVPs in this draft class, and he was one of them. And he's definitely on pace to win one before anybody else. Uh, he's, he, I mean, he's he's the best like European prospect I've ever seen. Like I've ne- and I we said this when we were covering the draft and all that. Yeah. Um, he really is like because. You know, in the in the uh, in the big time Euro League, I for, it, the name of it is escaping me. Champions League or something similar to that. Um, he was MVP of the finals, first one to get a triple double in like yeah. in, in like twenty years. Um, the kid can play. No, he's a stud. So, regarding the trade, I mean, Dallas is just they're bought in for not necessarily this year, but for the future. For, yeah. For no, they have they have their centerpieces. But they've completely taken themselves out of the draft. Yes. Which is not super uncommon. Uh, you know, the Lakers were doing that back in the day. Um, they did it for many years. For many years. It's not uh it's it's 
a big market team can do that, I think. Because they can big, get a, yeah, they can get away with they, that. Because they know they're gonna get some free agents. So they have they have a little more pull. Now they have two superstars and start attracting others coming in. Yeah. Um, now it'll it'll just be interesting to see if Chris Stapps resigns with Dallas. But I think obviously given everything that we've boy, seen that would be the biggest uh, that would be the biggest bamboos that's ever. the biggest kansas city shuffle i ever heard <laughs> of dude that'd be wild but yeah so uh, a few other trades well uh, let's just stick with the mavericks really quick oh okay so okay just because they did my boy harrison barnes dirty yeah so let's talk let's talk about that one so harrison bunch barnes of, now that i'm looking at a bunch of tar heels in the mix yeah we're talking about reggie bullocks now we got two in this one got Harrison Barnes going to Sacramento for Justin Jackson and, and Zach Randolph. And, um, and Harrison Barnes got traded in the middle of the game. That's so fucked up. I mean, that's just like – that's where, you know, that's where you get this, like, attitude about why, what do I owe my team so you know, listen, from Le'Veon Bell's perspective. Listen to this. Paul Pierce, after the game, shares an agent with Harrison Barnes. They yeah. have the same agent. Yeah. Paul Pierce said on the postgame show that Harrison Barnes and his agent told Paul Pierce that Harrison knew about the trade and that Harrison opted to play because he they, the Mavericks basically told him, he said, hey, we have a couple offers for you. They're pretty hot. Like, we're probably going to take one of them. Do you still want to play? And he was like, yeah, like, I still want to play. Paul Pierce said that on the postgame show after the game. Today, on the jump, Tracy McGrady said that he had sources in the Mavericks saying that the Mavericks did not tell Harrison Barnes anything about what was going on and that he did find out during the game. Which is crazy because Paul and and T-Mac constantly talking on that show. Yeah. See, that's why this is some bullshit. That's why you can't overreact to something that, oh, I know this and and then he knows that. And it's like, you know, it's tough to kind of divide you know divide it up and figure out what the truth is yeah but either way it was a pretty shitty situation yeah it's just like it's just like uh uh this the malcolm butler or whatever in the super bowl um kind of scenario it's just yeah yeah you know it's just it's just fucked up i mean teams this is why players like Le'Veon bell do what they do um people like john wall come in out of shape like you know what i mean they don't owe these teams anything uh yeah there's no loyalty in the sport. It's a business. No. You just got to look out for yourself. 100%. Um, but, I mean, yeah, specifically so. with the trade, though, obviously the Mavericks getting rid of Harrison Barnes. He has, I think, one more year left on his deal. Yep. Um, so, obviously getting out of that contract is good for Dallas. I've said it before, I think, on the show, but I, I hope he finds his way back to to Golden State. I think I've That'd be about, interesting. I think I've talked about this before. Actually. I think you but, have too. Uh, just because of the KD scenario and his contract. Uh, yeah. They, you know. They, no, that'll be interesting. They they are the same year. You know, they happened to say they left the same. You know, they yeah. came in the same year. Yeah. Um. So I so I knew kind of in the back of my mind. I just always hoped. I well initially I hoped that that Barnes would really like step it up and become a superstar. He's not on really. Own, he's yeah. not a superstar, but he's a solid piece. He can be your top three guy. Yeah. He can do a lot of things on the court. Um, so when that kind of when that kind of passes, it's just like I hope he comes comes back to Golden State. I know KD's contract's going to be you know close to or the same year that his is going to be. So it'd be nice just to kind of be like, hey, we're going to roll this back. Yeah, and then Justin Jackson, obviously a nice young piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas already let go Zach, uh, Zach Randolph. Yeah, so he's a free agent. So yep, yep. it'll be interesting to see where who picks him up uh, giving, for the for the stretch hall. They're giving him the shot to to sign with somebody. Um, 
that'd be i mean he could go a lot of different places it'd be interesting to see where he goes yeah uh but yeah i mean justin jackson's a is a is a good piece for for dallas i'm sure he'll he'll play for them yeah, this year nice long he'll probably get some play time for him next year and then you never know after that obviously but uh that's that's a good piece for them to just you know get in their overhaul kind of thing yeah you know they're kind of trapped with tim hardaway but courtney lee and trey burke i don't really see as like long-term fits with dallas no i don't see that either so we'll we'll find out what who's gonna who's gonna come yeah and then the kings also traded uh kind of kind of a lesser deal uh but the kings also traded scala bcr the kings uh, were very very active yeah because they're in the playoff push which is weird. Why did they fuck with their team? That's what I mean. It's just like they're going to make all these trades, I think. and It's not going to work. But, hey, listen, maybe LeBron's plan all along with everything that he was doing with Clutch and the, uh. the Pelicans was to basically mess up the West and make it easier for the Lakers to make the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's wild. Uh, but Scalabri Sierra was traded to the Blazers for uh, former Purdue uh, player Caleb Swanigan. Mm-hmm. So somewhat of a – Interesting trade Swanigan's, there. I like Swanigan. He hasn't he hasn't like progressed into you know like a, a great you know a great player, but he's he's solid and, and Scott's kind of the same. I think these are just two guys that needs need some mixing up. You know they yeah. need a different scenery. Yeah, and then and then the big one they got rid of uh, they got rid of Iman. Yeah. Okay. So this is a big three team trade uh, that involved the Rockets, the Kings, and the Cavs. Kind of confusing one. So. The Rockets receive Iman Shumpert, Nick Stauskas, and Wade Baldwin, who were traded earlier in the week uh, from yep. the Cavs or from Portland to Cleveland yeah, Stau- for Rodney Hood. Yeah, Stauskas and Baldwin went from Portland to uh, yeah, they went all over the place. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Nick Stauskas and Wade yeah, Baldwin in a little a crazy bit. Day. Th- crazy week. Uh, but anyway, the Cavs received Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, and a lottery 2019 first round, or lottery protected 2019 first round pick from Houston, and then the Kings got Alec Burks. Yeah, which is like I don't see that's how just that makes a, I think that's just a throw in. I think this trade was all about this trade was all the, about Rockets wanted Iman. Oh, that's exactly what this trade um, is about. I think that the I think the Rockets and the Sixers both um, kind of did what they needed to do to try and get. A better bench, a deeper bench, a deeper bench, and, a, and a shooting bench. Well, yeah, and it's like now you know having Iman and Eric Gordon coming off the bench is going to be real nice when, oh, once yeah. Gordon's healthy. Yeah. Um. So I, and then, shoot, I'm, we got a list of all the trades that have happened over the past couple couple days. Yeah, and no, I mean mo- most of these aren't like super. You know, the the big one I think the other big one was Clippers trade Tobias. Yeah, Tobias uh, Bobon and Mike Scott. That's how the Clippers. To the Sixers. That's how the Clippers got Mike Muscala, yep. and that's how they were able to trade Muscala to the Lakers. Yep. Because they traded Tobias Harris, Bobon Marjanovic, and Mike Scott to the Sixers for Landry Shamet, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, uh, a 2020 first round pick, a 2021 unprotected yep. first round pick, and two second round picks. So there's a couple things of note in this. First of all, uh, the Sixers went after it and yes. got, got their big four. Um, Bobon's definitely going to help that bench out, like we were uh, talking about. Bobon's unstoppable. Um, great, it, you know. And uh, shout out, shout out the Sixers and Clippers for keeping Bobon and Tobias together because yeah, that's for tight. Sure. Bobon and Tobias show move, move, move to Philly. Um, 
And then what what the uh, the Clippers got? The Clippers got uh, a great rookie, Landry Shamet, who's played better than expected. Much better so than expected. So he's going to be a guy that's with the Clippers no, the as Philly- a young piece where, you know, they're going to shuffle everyone, and I think Shamet's probably going to still be there. And then the the real – the real win, I think, for for uh, the Clippers is they got that tw- that twenty twenty one unprotected first round pick from Miami. Yeah, that's huge. So if that meaning if Miami is a lottery pick and somehow, you know, is the number one pick or the top five pick or a top ten pick, that's the Clippers in twenty twenty one. That's going to be and that's only two years away. It's going to be a good pick. Um, so I think that so they picked up a good young player. Well, they and up also a valuable draft pick, and they opened up cap space. I think the Clippers did a good job in this trade, and uh, and I think the Sixers did what they needed to do. Well, I think what the Clippers realized was is they're in a race to try and stay. To They're basically in the race for the eighth spot in the Western Conference, and there's a lot of teams going for that last spot. And basically I think what the Clippers decided was is might as well gut it and yeah, just – We're not going to push. Yeah, because we're not going to win the championship this year. Yep. And – so might as well and, and their players are hot i mean tobias is yeah hot. yeah you might as well sell high on yeah. and get as much as you can in yep. return yep so i agree, I, agree. Uh, I think they're setting up for for the free agency market they're um, definitely so, they definitely well so, yeah because tobias is, is a free agent this yeah, year yeah. and they were going to have to decide yeah. whether to re-sign him or go after a max guy and yeah, by trading him they they made that Clip, decision clippers are going for the free agent market and the sixers are going for the championship so they both yeah no they philly's both got, going for it this year both got better um the Wizards trading Markeith Morris to the Pelicans. Um, this was kind of a cap dunk. Um, well, and the Pelicans are gonna buy him out. Yeah, so this was just kind of a non-factor cap. Well, dunk. the Wizard, the Wizards are kind of in an interesting position because it was announced yesterday, I believe, that or two days ago that John Wall was at home recovering from his heel surgery. Mm-hmm. And he f- slipped and fell and ruptured his Achilles tendon in the same foot that he had heel surgery on. So he had to have another surgery to fix his Achilles. So he's now out another 12 months. No, they, fu- he, they fucked up. Well, I mean, he, he the, Wizards fu- over. the Wizards fucked up. Yeah, John exactly. Wall. John Wall is one of the only players in the league to take the Supermax deal that was offered to him. Everybody else has turned it down. But John Wall is very a very happy camper right now because... I have the breakdown of the next four years. In 2019, 2020, he's owed 38.2. The next year after that, 41.2. The next year after that, 44.3. And the next year yeah, after that, that, 47.3. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's gonna like. What would have to happen for that to pay pay out? Um, that's gonna that's crazy. So basically, with John Wall getting injured, they, the Wizards went on a fire sale. Yep, um, they got rid of Markeith. They got rid of Otto Porter. Uh, they brought in Jabari Parker and Bobby and, Portis. And Bobby Portis. Um, Jabari, basically, like the Bulls have been dying to get rid of Jabari because they signed a big contract. Yeah, they had, so they had to get out of that. up with Otto Porter. I think the Bulls are trying to move on from Jabari. Yeah, Wizards the, are trying to move on from the old team. Yeah, the Wizards needed to get out of the Otto Porter contract too. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So Jabari. Um, you know, and the Wizards stay, you know, kind of putting a good product out on the court, um, well, even though I'm, they're trying to change their team now. Yeah, they didn't. They they ended up not trading Bradley Beal. So obviously they're keeping Bradley Beal and John Wall together, even though John Wall is not going to return until, I guess, the 2021 season. Jeez. And uh, yeah, so the Wizards, they're kind of in a weird spot. Um, there's a couple more teams I would definitely want to talk about. Um, 
One being the Bucks. Um, well, the Bucks made some moves and the Raptors made some moves. The Bucks and the Raptors both made moves, just like Philly, just um, like Houston. Thon Maker uh, going to pit, going to Detroit, and then the Bucks ended up trading uh, Stanley Johnson, who yes. they got for Thon Maker. And, and the, what was that trade? The Stanley that, Johnson. That trade? was the Nikola Mirotic trade. Which is which, which is, is huge. Yeah, which is huge. I mean, that's like big time. So, so basically, trading Thon, getting Miritics, Um, I think that's an upgrade. That's a huge upgrade. Uh, Thon was. I, I, was. I feel bad for Thon because I think his gripe was playing time, and and, and now he's not going to get any playing now time. Now he's behind, you know, DeAndre and and Blake Griffin. But I do love this for Detroit. If they can make it work, they just yeah. You know, if they, they can make it work, cool. They but. keep they keep becoming this this pounded, you know. Uh, bad boys type of basketball, um, so I, I do like what they did there. But no, Nikola Mirotic going to Milwaukee. I think Nikola Mirotic was the whole reason the Pelicans made it to the second round yeah. last year. Yeah, 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 definitely. He definitely proved his his value last year in the playoffs. Um, getting rid of the beard was was genius. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so yeah, the Bucks the Bucks were the were a good one. And then obviously we wanted to talk about the uh, the Raptors. The Raptors made big time move, and I think. This trade compared to what I had heard the day or two before is it's so a much, much better, better trade because they didn't <laughs> add Conley and, and Lowry. Conley and Lowry got the state of their teams. Yeah, so we talked about we talked about it two episodes ago that uh, yeah. the Raptors and the Grizzly potentially talked about a Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Lowry, Mark Gasol, Mike Conley swap, and it actually turned out that the Grizzlies just swapped just Mark Gasol for Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, who had a down, who's having a down year this year, mm-hmm. uh, and a 2024 second round pick. I can't believe we're talking about 2024 second round picks already. Yeah. But uh, Mark Gasol is no longer a Grizzly. Uh, the grit and grind era is officially yeah. over yeah. in Memphis. Uh, but I love Mark Gasol on the Raptors. I think if... It, well, dude, and okay, so... Marcus Gasol won Defensive Player of the Year. Yes, he has. Kawhi Leonard has won Defensive Player of the Year. Yes, he has. Serge Ibaka has finished third in <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year four times. Yes, so it's he like has. He's not number one, but fuck. I mean, that uh, that is that is tough. Danny Green is a three and D known known to be a defender, uh, known to be a stretch guy, and you know that defense. One through five is just solid as a rock. It's so it's so interesting to me that Philly made moves, Milwaukee made moves, Toronto made moves, and Boston stayed put. So okay, I'm glad you glad you spit those four because I I had a question um, that I wanted to ask is who has after after all this who has who, the best chance to who, win the no, East? No, 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 no. Who has the best starting five? I mean, you got big time <laughs> names on all four of these teams now. I got to give it to Philly. No, see, man, I, I gotta give it to Philly, yeah, dude. I don't know. I think JJ, you know, JJ is their fifth. Tobias is an All Star this year. I think. Uh, I think Milwaukee is uh, right. Tobias is an All Star. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, 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 he's no, not. He's not. Never no, mind. He was Sorry. one of like the all. He was, he was one, one of the like snubs. snubs. My fault. Yeah. My fault. Um, but, but still, no. I mean, just roll. He's just, having a career. Yeah, no, just like roll him out really quick. Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi, Serge, and Marcus All. Well, does Mark? Well, that's a. I mean, Toronto's got got to play with the roster a little bit because I think Siakam starts now. And no way, no way. All this stuff. I just no so, way, no right, way. Anyway, they fucking this. Continue. Up. They can't. They can't do that. They continue. Can't do that. Um, Philly. We know how it goes. 
Ben Simmons, JJ, Jimmy Butts, Tobias, Joel Embiid. Solid as a rock. All right, so now what's Milwaukee's starting five now? Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis, yeah. so Middleton, Miritich, Miritich, and Brooke. And Brooke. Okay, pretty – I mean, probably the worst out of the four. But they have but the best solid. record in the NBA right now. But I still just think that Boston is rolling out the meanest lineup in – I don't know, man. Out of the squads. It's, it's, it's Kyrie, a toss-up. Tatum, Gordon – Jalen, Al Horford, I just think uh I don't know. I gotta give it to Philly, but hey, Philly, what do I know? Philly no, Philly's right there. I think uh I think Philly, Toronto, and Boston all have a case. Yeah. Um and then Oh and well the last trade I wanted to talk about was the Markel Fultz trade. Okay, yeah. Well, okay, so we'll talk about the Markel Fultz trade, and then we'll talk about Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got to finish with Stauskas <laughs> and Baldwin. And then we'll talk about— Basically, I'm, I'm just, I am just want to say real quick, I'm glad that this trade happened for Markel Fultz. I hope he gets a fresh and start. The, and for the Sixers. I just don't think he's um, worth the first-round pick. Jonathan, no, but he's the number—like— they got he, yes he's, he's the number, number one. one he's yes he's the number one pick but what have you seen him do recently well, that has shown you he's worth a first round pick first of all Orlando has no point guard like nothing going well, on well yes no nothing I, going I on the guard um, I don't you no know, I like the is, trade this is the Thunder's first round pick oh yeah no this is a big pick no but it's not but it's not I the it, Thunder are going to be in the playoffs is what I was kind of trying to point at it's not a lottery pick they're not trading away their pick so like. What I'm saying is Orlando's still going to have their top pick. You know what I mean? Orlando's still going to have that lottery, high lottery draft pick, and they're going to bring in Markel Fultz, and they're going to bring in Jonathan Isaac, and they're going to bring in Mo Bamba. I think they're trying to move away from from Aaron Gordon and Vucevic, who's an all-star this year. Yeah. Um, it's it's too bad they you know they didn't sell hot on that, honestly. But They should have. I think those are the guys that they, they're really focused on. And that Thunder pick, like I said, it's it's – I think I it's a luxury to get rid of. I just I but think that's, that's going to be like the twenty third, twenty fourth pick. I don't know. I just think that's a lot to give up for someone who's played what fifteen games no, in is, the last two is, years. It is, but you hope that it's mental, and you hope that the kid can hoop. And he just hasn't gotten the right opportunity yet. Hey, Steve Clifford fixed Kemba Walker. Let's see if he can fix Markel Fultz. First of all, Kemba Walker didn't need <laughs> fixing. All right, he's always been. He made him more consistent. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, all right, so the. Before we before we move on from all the trade talk, Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin the fourth have been through the ringer the past week. So starting on the third, which was what Monday mm-hmm. of this week, I think, or Saturday. When was it? Wait, what? February third, Monday, right? February third. No, that was Sunday. Sunday. Oh yeah. Okay. So Super Bowl Sunday. Oh yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. Portland traded Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin to Cleveland for Rodney Hood. Then, yesterday, Cleveland traded Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin to Houston as part of that Iman Shumpert three-team deal. Then today, Houston traded Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin to Indiana as part of a deal. Yep. And then Indiana waived Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin. So now Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin are out of a job. So they just sat there, watched their name being They just bip bop boom all over the league and now they're out of the boom, out of the job. Boom, paycheck, here you go. Yeah. Man, that's so bad. 
But what not, a business. Nah, I mean, unless they don't get picked up, obviously that that would yeah, suck. No, they're free agents now. Yeah, they probably won't get picked up for the playoff run. I mean, I don't really see. I don't see. Yeah, I mean, what's Nick, Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin going to do for yeah, your championship aspirations? Yeah, I don't think there's anyone dying to get at them. Yikes! But damn, that sucks for Nick Stauskas. Cra- crazy, and Wade Baldwin. Yeah, crazy, crazy little turn of events for them. That's it's weird when that stuff happens. I remember when that happened to my boy Luke Ridenour. <laughs> he got traded twice in one day. They got traded and no, yeah, they got traded three times and waived in a week. Yeah, no, theirs is worse for sure, but <laughs> it's just crazy when that kind of stuff. I think uh, I think um, McBuckets had a day like that too, actually, where he was traded twice in one day and never played. Oh, uh, McDermott? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because didn't he go from the Bulls to OKC like in one day or something? Yeah, but there was a middleman, I, I, like I want to say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he played for both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. But all right, moving on in the starting five, uh, we kind of covered the other uh, two of the topics we wanted to talk about, uh, John Wall and Kristaps and Luca during the trade talk. Uh, so the next topic we wanted to talk about, or the fourth topic we wanted to talk about, uh, is the Miami Heat announced they're going to retire Chris Bosch's number, number one. Mm-hmm. He is the fourth player in Miami Heat history to have his number retired. The others are Shaq, Tim Hardaway, and Alonzo Mourning. And Michael Jordan. Which is... Okay. Wait, what? Sorry, I was just... I so badly wanted to say Michael Jordan. I wasn't listening to the list. <laughs> <laughs> who were who the Heats? Well, no, I it think... Was, it was Alonzo, Alonzo, Shaq, Alonzo, and, Shaq, and Tim Hardaway. But I'm pretty sure Miami retired the number 23 for Michael Jordan. No, it is. I know. I definitely know that. I was just, like, not listening because I was so ready to just <laughs> say Michael Jordan. Uh but no, those three. I think that's sense. so dumb that Miami has Michael Jordan's number. I do. Retired. I do want to apologize to Haslam after we had our Nick Halston debate. I kind of threw his threw Haslam's name in the mix where I don't think that was necessarily fair. Well, I uh, brought up Roni Terry off for no reason. Well, but I mean, like Haslam. I think Haslam, I, I think I brought up Udonis Haslam. Well, you did, but but I like dismiss like dismissed, oh, yeah, you it, dismissed you know, it. Where it's like he probably is going to get his jersey retired and he deser- deservingly so because lifetime miami guy uh pat riley is a very like very much into like loyalty, loyalty. with udonis yep and um and he's won three rings so he's actually you know i i think he he is gonna hang in the rafters so i apologize to <laughs> to haslam for throwing him in that mix <laughs> all right but i mean chris bosh he's got a this is a weird one though chris bosh is like this one this is a teeter-totter one but to me, this is like, I just think Pat Riley was like, I'm going to, you know, you guys were special to me for coming together and well, doing and this like crazy thing where our backs were against the wall. Everyone hated us. Yeah. And this, this all goes back to, I think the, the, I mean, he I, signed before LeBron, right? Well, technically he signed before LeBron, but he also yeah. had to take a pay cut. Yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, but he, he was already. I I just I remember like I'm pretty sure him and D Wade had already like done interviews together. Yeah. Before the decision, because the decision did. was on the very last like. Yeah. But I I think this all goes back to the the idea of you can't tell the history of basketball without that person, yeah. and you can't tell the history of basketball without the big three. Yeah, exactly for sure. And no, he, he's he's 100 percent like a. He's a Hall of Famer too, you know. Basketball he, uh, Reference has him at a ninety-nine point five percent probability yeah, of getting I, into the Hall of Fame. I think anytime a player goes twenty and ten, 
has a, has an, an is like great individually and then goes to another team and wins championships. Uh, I think those players are great. Yeah, I mean, um, you Tim Hardaway is the same thing. Yeah, I mean, Tim Hardaway, sure. he didn't win it and he didn't even win a ring. You know, Tim Hardaway was a great individual player with the Warriors, um, throwing up crazy stats. Run and took, TMC. And took, you know, took a, um, I don't know what the right word is, but put put stats on the back burner to play for a good team. Um, and yeah, that's, what a, Bo- he, that's what Bosch did. Because Bosch was always the third option. Mm. And he handled it great. He handled it better than I think anybody yeah, else could have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he he basically was forgotten, um, especially when Ray Allen became even more you know prevalent in the team, and yeah. he dealt with like injuries and and and, and crazy off sto- uh, court stuff. Um, he just yeah he just was like the forgotten mind. He was a twenty and ten guy in, in yeah. Toronto, just dominating. You know, yeah. Similar, I think the guy that I always think of when I think of Chris Bosh is is Kevin Love. I think that they're just their careers are very very similar, very same uh trajectory, uh, same circumstances literally to the fact I've that never th- played, I've never thought of that comparison. Play LeBron, but you know, they did their thing. Um they played their rookie contract and they got paid yeah. by the team that drafted them. Yep. Um so 6 or 7 years in Minnesota and Toronto respectively. Did 20 did the 25 and, and, and 10, teamed up with Braun. And they went and teamed up with Braun and won a chip and won a chip. Yeah, no, and Chris Bosh went back to back. Yep, but but both of them went to four straight. Yes, that, pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty. pretty that's pretty nuts when you I think like about it. it. I like Chris Bosh is just an ultimately like no, he's guy. yeah, and he he's part of that that original like generation of. Chris Bosh was like the guy that like for the Kobe fans was like I fuck I don't like the Heat but I fuck with Chris Bosh you know what I mean like, yeah like I didn't really felt, have a I didn't really have a problem felt, with Chris Bosh felt like endangered uh, like admitting that you he was just with Chris the, he was just the Velociraptor on the team yeah he it was it was good uh, good call chopping that hair off <laughs> yeah but all right uh, the last thing we wanted to talk about in the starting five. Uh, was it was part of the the team at Kobe Rachel Nichols interview? Yeah, good stuff. It was absolutely incredible, <laughs> absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, but one thing that came up obviously was James Harden and his scoring streak and what Kobe thought of it and mm-hmm. what T Mac thought of it because obviously T Mac and Kobe are two of the most prolific scorers in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um, and smart like basketball yeah, like guys. smart basketball. This minds. isn't this isn't Charles like, Barkley. And no, Katie this is Smith. This, this is, is an intellectual conversation happening. Exactly. Yep. Um, so why why don't you kind of take it from there? Uh, I mean, I just like I loved what Kobe said. Obviously, I mean, of course, but he just kept it real. I mean, I think James Harden responded perfectly too. Yeah. Uh, so ba- because he's right. I mean, they both they said the same thing. Yeah. Basically. He has to, they have to win games right now to be in the race. Yeah, basically. If, if you're not in it, you can't win it. Yeah, basically what what Rachel Nichols asked was what Kobe thought of James Harden and his scoring streak and if that style of play could win a championship. And Kobe, I think. I mean, ultimately he said no. Well, yeah, ultimately Kobe said no, that style of play cannot win a ring. And and the style of play in, in which she's referencing is um, a, a singular sc- like takeover score and, and offense not re, not revolved around ball movement but around, around a ball handler a ball handler and a penetrator and a score right um, and Kobe obviously I think is saying no from experience yeah because literally what is happening is 
2004 to 2007 of the Lakers. Yeah, it, it's that. Well, a little different, though, because there's li- way more talent on these Houston teams. Yes, much more talent on these Houston teams. You, you know, uh, it's it's just it's more. I think it's more similar to McGrady's scenario when Grant Hill went down. Yeah. And, and and he had nobody on his team. So yeah. so in that regards, what Kobe and, and what James Harden responded well was when you have a singular guy like that, you can't win a championship like that. But you have to win games in the regular season exactly. to get in the playoffs. So what he's doing is he, because – and what James Harden says is he's doing it because they don't have a full roster. They don't have Eric Gordon. They don't have Chris Paul. Um, he has they don't to have do Capella that. right now. He has to do that. Um, and Kobe says he's he agrees with that. The James Harden has to do what he's doing to win games. To be hundred percent, Kobe but had to do not. what he had to do. And you know, I love the point that he you know he put it out there for I think in layman's terms for fans to understand um, when you have how, someone at the top of the key with the pick and roll. Yeah, yeah. When if you're at the top, if you're at the top of the key, every defensive player is in front of you. Yep. All five guys are in front of you. Um, when you put the ball on – and this is like classic Kobe stuff, uh, triangle offense, yep. um, spacing. All about you know, spacing. Uh, certain points on the court, uh, you know, you get a better angle of it. You cut your defense in half or, or you know, down a fraction, and it's it's much easier. Um, you're not – you know, people don't double-team you yep. as much um, as far as like – All fundamental just, if, stuff. Yeah, well, as far as uh, – at uh on top of like not being in front of the defense all the time when you have another guy going you know you're just not going to be double teamed as much so it's like you need another guy out there and you need to not be on the point as much and then they'll be fine yeah but it was a cool thing it it was uh it was a good little good little conversation for any basketball fan for sure yeah definitely uh if if you missed it i suggest going on youtube and finding it somewhere because it was i mean the old stories of Kobe and T-Mac when they were young mm-hmm. coming up yeah. because T-Mac came out after Kobe and he did exactly what Kobe did coming out of high school. Yep. T-Mac looking up to Kobe, even though Kobe was, well, not Kobe's not younger than T-Mac, but. Um, no, Co- Kobe's, a, Kobe's a year younger. Kobe and Vince were the same oh, age. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kobe and Vince were the same age. Uh, and then T-Mac's a year younger than them. Right. And the, but Vince went to college for two years. That's why in the draft it went. It Kobe, went Kobe, Kobe T Mac Vince T Mac ninety seven Vince ninety eight. Yeah, but all right, you got a shout out before we get out of here. I don't. I don't have any shout outs. I got a great shout out, and you're gonna love it. I'll shout out Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> I, I was happy to watch you play, my man. All right, my shout out tonight is to Lamar Odom. Oh God. It was announced that he's I fucking score 20 in that league. Dude. <laughs> it was announced that he'll be joining the player draft pool for the third season of the big three. Yes. So dude, great names. Yeah. I love that they've expanded. I'm glad this they is got four. Out. They got four more teams, four more teams. Um, they're going to, they have a, they're going to have more like an expansion draft basically. Yeah. They're extending the rosters um, to six players, you know, six players each instead team, of five, instead of five. So now they have a full backup. Basically you can, you know, just you, sub out three and three. Well, I think now, strat- now strategy is coming to the game. You have your offensive team, your defensive team, your shooting team. Yeah. You know, you have different combinations. Um, it's cool. I, I just love all the names that get involved. Yeah. Um, but it's just – it's cool to see Lamar in his recovery yeah. and no, get back into playing shape at, like, a competitive level. Like, no, it like is. people, people in the big three take it very seriously. No, and I follow him on, uh, like, social media. Yeah, he's and, in the Philippines and, right now playing yeah, something. 
it is cool, man. It is cool to see him back out there. It's just it's just too bad to see that that's what he has to do to get back at yeah. it. You know what I mean? This is he's playing in a a D a D league. <laughs> Yeah, but all right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK Show. Or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace. Later.